0: Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Wassalatu Wassalamu Ala Rasulul Kareem, Waba'ad. Alhamdulillah, today we're going to be covering events spanning from the 15th of Shawwal to the 16th of Dhul Qa'ada 1436, which on the Gregorian calendar is August of 2015 in total. Now there are some five major events that occurred. One has to do with one of the Roman Catholic archdioceses coming out of bankruptcy after having a huge settlement in a sex abuse case. One is Daesh taking over Al Qariyatayn, which increases its strength. The third is uh, Japan commemorating. Uh, the destruction of Nagasaki and remembering that day the fourth is Malaysia finding the body of bodies of 20 people a mass grave that were involved in human trafficking and finally we have windstorms in Seattle killing two and leaving 450,000 people without power. We'll start first with the 4th of August on the 4th of August a Roman Catholic Archdiocese reached a collective agreement of 21 million for sex abuse claims so that it might be able to finally come out of its fourth of January 2011 chapter 11 bankruptcy now this is a huge huge finding for one of these one of these uh, dioceses why well because there were so many child abuse sex claims made against it, rather than fight them in court, rather than try to defend its innocence, rather than risk the public fallout of court cases, they chose to reach a settlement for $21 million. Now, initially, the settlement was so huge, the diocese in question actually filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy. That means there were so many claims that it went bankrupt. Now, this teaches us three things. The first is that religion in the Anglosphere, and more importantly in the West, is a business. You can't claim bankruptcy unless you're a business or unless you're involved in business. And any religion that is controlled, manipulated, dominated by the state is a business. And if you can be controlled by a state or a government, then you are not independent. If you're not independent, you can be malleable to the machinations of a government, a state, a body of people or corporations. And so the diocese is nothing more than a corporation. And some of its customers, which are its parishioners, went after it. The second thing we learned from this is that just how much abuse did this diocese carry out? To the point that it actually was bankrupt and that by paying this $21 million payout, it might actually be able to come out of chapter 11 bankruptcy. Just how many people were after it? Just how many people were after this place? And why were there so many people? How many people did they abuse? Just how many people were sexually abused by pedophiles that they trusted occupying clerical positions in this church? How many people were there? And this brings us back to the discussion that we had had before on how prevalent pedophilia is when you take away the expression of normal sexual desires in the confines of marriage. I'd like to make it very clear here that the Catholic Church is not just Roman. We need to remember that the Catholic Church are all Christians who are not Protestant. Many of us in the Western countries, or and particularly the Anglosphere, may not have ever ran across Catholics before. The Catholic Church is the largest body of Christians in the world. Protestants only began in the 1400s, and some say possibly before that time, 13-1400s of the Gregorian calendar. The Catholic Church is composed of seven rites. R I T S, which differ slightly in on liturgy and some theological issues, but are agreed upon certain fundamental principles. Now one of those rites is the Roman Rite. The Roman Rite is what many of us, if we do meet Catholics, may have encountered in our lives, is the Roman Rite, and we tend to say Roman Catholic, which is sort of a misnomer. The Roman is one of the seven rites. The Chaldean is one of the rites, the Greek is one of the rites, the Armenian the Armenian is one of the rites, the Syrian Orthodox is one of the rites, Coptic is one of the rites. The Roman rite, due to its insistence that their priesthood may not marry, have painted themselves into a corner because the level of molestation that has occurred is mostly due to the fact that these men, and women, who might be nuns, are molesting members of their congregation of the same gender. When these feelings that they have cannot be expressed and channeled in a healthy way, they come out in other ways. It would be very interesting to make a, make a comparison between, say, the Roman rite of the Catholic Church and the Chaldean rite, or even even certain sects that would be viewed as heretical, such as the Jacobite or the Nestorian. It would be very interesting to sort of take a look at those sects who do allow their priesthood to marry and only those who choose to engage in voluntary uh, in celibacy it would be very interesting to take a look at that because the Coptic church does have a history of monkery or voluntary celibacy but it's not imposed and Baba Shanuda III, one of the great uh, Coptic theologians uh, of this century was a monk and was voluntarily celibate. But this was not proclaimed and demanded for each and every member of the clergy. And the Roman Rite of the Catholic Church is really hurting itself by insisting on this doctrine when you can see the harm that it's caused. So great is this harm that some people believe that the reason why the last pope Benedict stepped down Also known as uh, Ratzinger The reason why he stepped down Is because there was such a storm Such a storm Of litigation that would be Moving against him regarding How much knowledge he had of the molestation That happened under his watch That he simply was not He did not want to face that So his self-abdication Was able to absolve him of any responsibility in that regard. But it is huge and the same culprits keep appearing again and again and again. Now the third thing I would mention that I think is a lesson that we learn from this is when the first people came forward To bring these cases To their local parish priest It should have been reported immediately It should not have been swept under the carpet It should not have been ignored Those people should have been If they weren't defrocked They should have immediately gone into therapy And if they ever did come back into the parish To do any type of counseling It should have been where the counseling that they did with members of the congregation was monitored by another responsible member of the congregation or they should have been moved to other areas where they're sort of preaching to adults or other members of the public so that that temptation would no longer be there because this was a major, major major mistake that was made by having these men in power and then transferring them in certain cases, like what happened in Ireland, to another group of children far away, for them to fall headlong into the same sin again. It's just a shame because no one asked these children and no one asked these adults what they want, and they are actually the customers of this business because this is a business. It's 501c3, it is a business. And because it is a business and a charity, the customers have a right to ask that certain managers are fired or for there to be a rotation in the staff. And this was not done. Unfortunately, Muslims are seeing the same thing in how many of their masjids are run. There have been an astonishing number of creeping pedophile cases throughout certain sectors of the Muslim community who are also 501c3 in the United States or on the Charity Commission payroll in the United Kingdom and the only way to really cure these diseases is as I'd mentioned in the other three points or to start to boycott these organizations for Muslims it's particularly galling because there's no excuse for the despicable and depraved pedophilia happening at masjids When these men are married So this depravity that's occurring Is more an indication of what's in these men The quality of men that we have That has to be changed Because to have those under your authority and care And to then molest them And to destroy them To take away their childhood Is... ...is really one of the most terrible crimes that someone could carry out on another human being. Suing them won't fix it, because they'll just move them around, and we've seen the same thing in the masjids. They've just moved them from one masjid to another. So suing didn't work. Um, Telling them to pray for forgiveness and leave it to Allah, that does not work, because... The wounds still remain, and there needs to be some type of restitution to fix the matter. If the person's not going to jail, they need to be in counseling. The only other option I can really see in a case like this is to boycott those institutions and to warn others of the wickedness that is present, because if nothing is done, nothing will ever be done. On the 6th of August, Daesh, which... Styles itself al-Dawlat al Sham, the Islamic State in Iraq and Sham, known by its abbreviation Daesh, it took over an area called al-Qaryatyn in Sham, uh, which will now become a major hub of transport and a highway. By controlling this area, Daesh has secured its ability to move goods, weapons, and possibly transport even oil across the border. Everyone is wondering how Daesh, which in its infancy stage was supported by the United States and the United Kingdom, starting in Libya, everyone is wondering how it's been able to sustain itself And to continue to move its economy When they're shut off from the rest of the world One of the answers is Oil, which they've secured some oil fields And also heroin and drugs In fact, the heroin has had links That have come all the way back to the United Kingdom That people selling heroin on the streets here People selling heroin in parts of the Arab world that that has come onto the streets of the United States and the United Kingdom has its origins in those areas. This is how they are securing it and I believe that in later months, possibly by the end of the year, you will probably see greater examples of heroin production. The quality of heroin will probably change and you'll also see Daesh become wealthier and this all has to do with what exactly it is they're doing and how they're securing their wealth and continuing to fund their rampage across the outer world on the 9th of August the Japanese commemorated when Nagasaki was devastated 70 years ago by an atomic bomb dropped by the Americans this teaches us when we think about Nagasaki and as well as Hiroshima that came before this should teach us not only about the horrors of war but also about disproportionate force the Pearl Harbor attacks which were launched by the Japanese against the United States were launched as an attack on the United States on the United States's military infrastructure after the United States had attempted to embargo Japanese the Japanese government from obtaining oil and other things because it aligned itself with Hitler for interfering in its internal policies the Japanese struck military installations at Pearl Harbor In retaliation, the United States dropped a nuclear bomb on civilian targets, which had nothing to do with the war. Further to this, the damage that was wrought by the Japanese on Pearl Harbor, as felt by Americans today symbolically, and in members of their family, that lost loved ones on that day but the effect of two nuclear bombs dropped on the Japanese is felt not just symbolically but also genetically the nuclear bomb that was dropped on Nagasaki has forever transformed the Japanese people in that region and downwind to the point that there are still Japanese people born without skeletons, congenital heart failure all the things that we can tell are the signs that there was massive radiation in that area that there are even people living there today should send up question marks because this area was a fallout zone why are there still people living in Hiroshima and Nagasaki after all of that radiation? This didn't happen to the United States. A nuclear bomb was not dropped on the United States. The warships that were sunk killed the inhabitants. Those that died in Pearl Harbor, the damage that the Japanese did in Pearl Harbor Did not then spread radiation all the way to Rochdale in New York Or to Texas in the south That attack sustained casualties in just that area The bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki should be a lesson to us as Muslims Regarding being proportional if we're at war let us remember that the Prophet Sallallahu warned us about mutilating the dead he warned us about killing men women and children in a hadith in the a Muslim even retaliation even in the retaliation form he warned us about all these things so that we do what? so that we are balanced When you become imbalanced, when you lose your way, when you lose the balancing factor of what makes you civilized and human, when you lose that, then all the doors of barbarism are open for you to walk through. And it doesn't matter what you do because you can always rationalize it by saying we were at war, by saying we had no choice, by saying they attacked us first but the attitude of saying we're at war are you not human when you're at war? they attacked us first does that mean that because you were attacked first that you lose your humanity? this is not the way of our ancestors as Muslims of the past Remember that even though Salah al-Din suffered members of his family being murdered by Crusaders, he did not seek retribution against every single Crusader. He could have killed all the Christians in Jerusalem, but what did they have to do with a Western Christian invasion? Nothing. So they weren't killed. And we can see this same attitude practiced throughout the history of the Muslims that this is how you conduct yourself in war and then when Muslims commit outrages when Muslims commit outrages we can see these outrages and they do stick out because they are completely the opposite of what history knows the Muslims to be like vengeance is a terrible 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 blight on the Muslims and to seek vengeance against someone is different than seeking your rights. On the 23rd of August, Malaysian authorities found the bodies of 20 people in mass graves that were buried near the border with Thailand. It was believed by Malaysian authorities that these people were most likely victims of human trafficking all throughout the world human trafficking is occurring people are finding bodies of people inside of trucks cars where they suffocated trailer cabins the bottoms of trains where they were hanging on in graves where they were where they were killed because they were assured by their smuggler that they would be transported to a safer region. They've paid the money, then they were taken to a secluded region, murdered, dumped in a mass grave. The smugglers then pocketed the money and fled. This brings to mind the hadith of the Prophet and the collection of Al-Bukhari, where he said. As one of the signs of of, the end of time Al-Harj And when the companion said What is Al-Harj The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He said Al-Qatl Al-Qatl Killing Killing And that is what we are seeing This human trafficking Has been killing Killing In the United Kingdom they found cases of people that have suffocated inside of refrigerator containers because they were told that if they wait there keep quiet and pay their smugglers that they will be brought to a new country but by the time they reached the destination they were dead the same thing has occurred in the United States and Canada all around the world there are people who are dying in human trafficking for what reason? Because they desire to leave the straitened circumstances that they are in both, both themselves and their children and their families and to make it to somewhere else that is more politically stable and has access to better resources But this is a time that we're living in of al-harj of killing Who knows if those people that were buried in the mass graves in Malaysia and all throughout the world Who knows if they even know why they were being killed Did the smugglers even know why they killed them? What crime had these people committed other than the fact that they desired to go to a new location To live a safer life and a more politically stable environment They committed no other crime in fact, what they asked for wasn't even a crime. So this tribulation that's coming is mentioned in another hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where he said in the collection of al-Bukhari, a time will come in which neither the murderer nor the murdered will know why they have done what they have done. The one murdered will not know why he's been murdered and the one murdering will not know why he is murdering. And this is one of the times that we see ourselves in. Some of these people don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. But they just know that they're doing it. On the 29th of August, there were windstorms in Seattle that killed two people and left 450,000 people without power in the greater Seattle area now keep in mind that this comes after the great Okanagan fire that was so destructive that Northeast Washington was declared to be in a state of emergency by the President of the United States Barack Obama what sticks out about this is that all of the might and power that a nation has there is no protection from Allah's judgment. It does not matter how strong a nation is, how many arms they have, how powerful their, how, how powerful their military is. There is no protection from Allah's might and its power. And that something that we take for granted, which is a safe place to stay. It's mentioned as one of the four blessings. The Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith in the collection of Al Jami' al Sahir by Imam Al that one of the four blessings is a spacious home. And people realize these blessings when and these favors when it's taken from them. And when someone loses that favor. The favor of a spacious home A good neighbor A reliable means of transportation These are, these are some of the blessings The Prophet mentioned In the collection of al-jami'ah al Sayyuti. When that's taken away It's then that we realize I had a good neighbor And that neighbor has been replaced By a tyrannical neighbor I had a reliable means of transport Then that's taken away and we're left with either an unreliable means of transportation Or with none at all Where now we might have to walk everywhere We might have to walk far distances And if we haven't before Our legs ache Our backs pain Because we've not faced this before That is when we realize that blessing To have that spacious house Where we can actually sit down in one room and go to sleep. And in another room, we eat. And in another room is a reception room for guests. That we have these spacious homes. Each individual that lives in that home has their own bedroom. Some people have to all stay in one bedroom. Some people don't have a living room or a kitchen. But the kitchen space in the living room was one open area. And they have to use that area, and sometimes there'll be people who all stay in the same room, but they'll have to put up curtains or string. And they'll draw those curtains and strings when they desire privacy. And in that way, that gives them that privacy that they so desire, because they don't have their own rooms. Seven people living in one house and having to share just one bathroom. Ten people having to share one washer. Not having a reception room, not having a back porch or a front porch or a front lawn or a backyard. Not having any of these things that some of us consider essentials when in actuality they're only amenities. To have that taken from you is a lesson not only in patience but of reflection. How would we be in a circumstance like that? where something was just taken from you and it was something that you had just come to expect as the norm that's when we realize that it's one of the great blessings and it is my sincere hope that from the example of what's happened that I've given these five examples the molestation case the loss of al-Quriyatayn, the commemoration of the Nagasaki bombings, the 20 dead bodies that were found in a mass grave, and the windstorms. These are all examples of when blessings might be taken away and people have had to deal with the outcome of that. If you are not someone who's been tested by any of these things, you should find yourself to be in blessings. And you should be grateful, because you don't know how you might respond if you were tested in a similar way. And we ask Allah that He bless us, and that if we know anyone who's been through the same trial, or any one of these or all of these, that He put patience in them and that He could comfort them.